2: Hello, and welcome to Transporter Lock, episode number 58. I'm your co-host, Chief Engineer Ken Gaggy. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Captain Sabriel Masson. Hello, Sabriel.
1: Hello. It's good to be back on the show that I'm on.
2: <laughs> we couldn't do it without you. And by we, I mean our other guest this week, commander in the science department and returning guest to Transporter Lock and co-host of the Continue podcast, Susan Arndt. Hi, Susan.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me back on to discuss... Star
2: Trek Things. Yay, you're one of our favorite guests. We oh, also so invited much. another one of our favorite guests, Amanda, and she couldn't join us, but we send her our love and she's always welcome on the show.
0: Friend of the show. Friend of Yeah. Trevor. She's just so great. She's just I such a She, she great
2: is. <laughs> I mean you introduced us, so she must be great. Oh uh,
0: well, I, I I I bizarrely know a lot of really interesting but in different ways, people. <laughs> and then they get together and they're like, you're so cool. No, you're so cool. And then they end up being <laughs> friends.
2: How about that? I love it when a plan comes together. I know. Yay. So, Susan, how have you been? How, how's Continue Podcast going?
0: It is, uh, you know, nonsense. Just nonstop nonsense. We've uh, done some uh, really fun watch-along podcasts lately. we watched... The Super Mario Brothers movie, that's our Mm -hmm. most recent one. Oh
2: no. Trust
0: the fungus. I, I'd not seen it before. Oh. Ever? Oh. Like, I, I think I had seen little pieces of it, but I'd never, no, not start to finish. So that happened uh yeah okay. yeah but uh yeah no i i I love getting to uh talk about stuff with uh those guys it's always a lot of fun and our community is is literally one of the nicest i've ever
2: encountered oh that's awesome if people want to listen to this game podcast where would they find it
0: Uh, You can find us via our Patreon page, uh, or you can find us on iTunes, or you can find us on Twitter, where all the information is. You can just find us there at Continuepod, and that'll give you links to every possible medium you could get it in. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
2: Awesome! I will. We will include links to that in the show notes. But today oh, cool. we are here to talk not about video games, which brought all three of us together, but we are here to talk about the other glue that binds us: Star Trek, specifically Star Trek: Picard, season one, the entirety, all ten episodes. We've watched it beginning to end, and we're here to talk about basically how much we loved it. Or, or oh no, is there an "or"? I be- love is a strong word. <laughs> So that is the first question on our agenda. In fact, for all of us, what did you think of season one of Picard? Let's start with our guest, Susan.
0: I liked elements of it a great deal. There were aspects to it that I thought were very, very bold uh, and really brave choices to make. And then there were some choices they made that I thought were very cowardly. And uh, that I found disappointing. So all in all, I think it has the potential to be something very, very special. Uh, right now, it's fine.
2: Okay. Uh, what are some of the things that you really liked? You said that there were some things that you thought were bold and brave.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think it's really... This is really the the first time we've gotten to see okay so Picard was a a god basically you know he eventually became an admiral he's this immense he's a giant of a man who is incredibly famous and incredibly powerful and has a starship and a crew at his command he is someone who can make things happen right that's been our relationship with him through the TV shows through the movies through our relationship with Picard and now we see him as an old man who's ill and frail and he's lost his power and he's still adjusting to the fact that he's not a capital S somebody anymore. You know, there's this, this one scene and I I thought this was so wonderfully done. He rocks up to to Starfleet. He wants to go talk to somebody in charge and he goes to the information desk and he's like, I'm here to see so-and-so and And the person behind the desk says like, okay, okay, And then there's this pause. He's like, and you are. And Picard is someone who is used to everyone knowing who he is, especially in Starfleet. And now that time has passed. And that's a really, really brave thing to do with this character, I think. And it's a really interesting place to explore with the people around him and the ones who, who still look to him as their leader, Versus the ones who were like, dude, sit down. You ain't nobody anymore. You don't get a starship just because you freaking asked for one. I thought that was a very, very brave thing to do.
2: And a very very realistic one. I mean, I've heard it said in Hollywood that the five stages of being an actor are, I'm going to use Patrick Stewart's name here. Who Who is Patrick Stewart? Get me Patrick Stewart. Get me somebody like Patrick Stewart. Get me a young Patrick Stewart. Who is Patrick Stewart? Yep, yep. Nailed and that's it. basically what Jean Luc Picard went through.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I I, I find that that we I mean, that is not a situation that we see characters in the Star Trek universe go through unless they've been disgraced somehow, right? Like unless it's either the oh you've retired from Starfleet and now you're living this happy life and isn't that wonderful and those were the good old days but now you've moved on. Or it's someone who's been disgraced and and is still grasping at at the power that they used to have because they just can't give it up and that's seen as a negative, and and so I thought it was a really uh, a really strong choice to give us this character that we love and make him, and and take away most of his agency.
2: Well, the reason we have not seen that often in Star Trek partly is because so few characters have been around long enough for that to happen. True,
0: very true.
2: I mean from the day that captain kirk debuted as a character until star trek 6 the undiscovered country was 24 years. Yeah. The entirety of TOS basically spanned 24 years. From the day TNG debuted to the day that Picard debuted was 33 years.
1: Wow. Yeah, wow, that's, isn't it? That's, that's, that's
2: bananas. Yeah. So that's how long, you know, Patrick Stewart has been playing Jean-Luc Picard and we don't often see that. That's true. Yeah. So I mean to see a character 33 years later they had to go outside the mold and say we've never done this before what is this going to look like we can't we we have no archetypes
0: but they and they but they could have made it they could have gone the easy route
2: there you know like
0: he's uh you know he advises starfleet all the time and they're now they're reaching out to him because he's so wise and they need his help and blah 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 they could have gone that way very easily
2: Which is what I expected from the trailers. I thought that there was going to be, like, one last mission, and they need him to come out of retirement. And that's not what happened.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I thought was really bold.
2: Yeah. What about you, Sabriel? What did you like about this season?
1: Uh, (laughs) Um, Everything. (laughs) No, I... I, Honestly, I enjoyed more the exploration of the other characters uh, that were not Picard. Uh we get to see uh in 10 episodes or fewer depending on when they showed up we got to see a lot about new people in this world like rios Rafi, uh even chirardi uh we got to s- we got to feel so much for these other characters and i really appreciate that they do that so much better than discovery where i still couldn't tell you half the crew's name uh on the bridge crew uh but here i get to Actually, feel for these characters and see them, and we also get to see the continuation of some stories, like Hugh and Seven of Nine, that I loved and adored so much. Uh, expanding on old universe, like Picard, Picard story, I enjoyed it. I liked it, but I, I, the other the other people actually made me feel more uh, overall than Picard's journey. I don't know if that's uh, due to life experience. Maybe if I watch this again in thirty years, it'll feel different, or what? That's a that's a
0: really know. interesting point, right? Like, because I'm older than both of you, folks,
2: and so Not I by that much. Come on, <laughs> we were born in the same decade.
0: Okay, but I was born at the beginning of it, my friend. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, like I've I definitely relate to the person who has led a crew through battle and is you know on the other side of it now and is just tired like i i i definitely relate to that aspect but um but i agree with you sabriel that the supporting characters were more interesting like their their actual what they got to do and experience and express was more interesting than what Picard got to do and say and express, he yeah. was he was pretty okay. That's that's Captain Picard. It was more about what was happening around him, uh, and as a reflection of his situation, that was interesting.
2: Yeah, that's something that Amanda talked about, which was Picard as a series did a much better job of showing who the characters were instead of just telling. Mm-hmm. You know, like on Discovery, to Saverio's point about not being able to name the bridge characters, the only one that I could think of, and even now I just had to Google it was Kayla Detmer, the one with the side shave and the seven of nine type uh, eyepiece. And that's it. Like, I don't know who else is on the bridge who isn't one of the main characters. But on Picard, it's a much more tightly focused on each character. You get to see who they are, where they come from, and why they are the way they are in a relatively short amount of time. Hold
0: on. I'm going to stop you there. First of all, you're not wrong. (laughs) Um, You you know everybody on Picard. You don't know everybody on Discovery. 100% accurate. However, two completely different situations on Discovery. That is a military ship. You are not a person. You are a function. You're not supposed to have a personality. You're supposed to do your job because if you don't, the ship might get blown up. Now, you can definitely say that they haven't made enough room in the episodes to explore anything beyond that. And that's that's a fair critique, I think. Uh, but this is, you know, in Picard, that is very, and they make this point many times, it's not a military ship. It's a guy who has a ship and someone... You know, who knows how to kind of worm their way into places, and then there's someone who tagged along for the ride, and you know, it's 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 more like Firefly
2: than Discovery.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's what I loved about this.
2: <laughs> that's a really interesting comparison. I hadn't thought of that, and you're you're spot on. Picard is more like Firefly than it is like TNG.
1: Well, uh, we kind of mentioned that over the course of the season too, and one of the things I remember talking in the past about the this, this season is that we get to see the, uh, what the 24th century is without the, fe- or outside the Federation or, or skirting the edges of the Federation. All of humanity is not in the Federation. Maybe, maybe even technicalities or whatnot, but there are people living on Eliza, they're there flying around space who are not part of Starfleet. And I right. love exploring that, like cloud, new cloud city and whatnot.
2: Yeah, we would not have seen on TNG, for example, a human struggling with addiction. And yet, that is something that happens even in that century.
0: Or it would have been, you know, I'm addicted to an
1: evil video game. (laughs) Well, that's Barkley in the holodeck.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: And we did have T'Pol with her own addictions on Enterprise, but that was earlier in Starfleet's history.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
1: Or the the horrible direction where they went with mind-meld aids uh, in Enterprise. Oh, that's
0: right. Oh, I never got there. Apparently,
1: uh, oh, you missed out. Ones.
0: Yeah, I bailed on. Okay, I bailed on Enterprise after aliens cut a swath through Florida, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this was never mentioned ever <laughs> in any. Like we're just like, oh yeah, there's just like a big mile long, mile wide ditch in Florida, but no one has ever mentioned it ever.
2: Okay, so that was Season 3, Episode 1. And Season 3 was their first attempt at doing serialized storytelling on Enterprise. However, Season 4, they had a bunch of two- and three-parters that tied into the rest of Star Trek lore. Because they brought in a bunch of old-school Star Trek writers. Like Mm. They talked about the Augments and Khan Noonien Singh and uh, one of Data's ancestors and why Klingons looked different. They had all these wonderful story arcs, and I contest to this day that season four of Enterprise is some of the finest Trek that's ever been told. Oh
1: wow! Okay, that's a bold statement. Yeah, uh, they go to the some so, debriefing of what the Enterprise crew did in the Expanse or Del- uh, Delphic's Expanse and whatnot. So
2: yeah, so you could even safely skip season three and just go right into season four. All right.
0: Okay. Yeah. And skip right over that theme song. Let's you
1: know. <laughs> you know. Okay, I- we're in a
2: fight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. We should right. fight later, though. we're talking Picard
2: right, <laughs> so um let's see, Susan, you also mentioned some things, and this is a very interesting adjective I've not heard used to describe aspects of Picard before. Cowardly. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
0: Oh, come on, they they didn't let him die
2: <laughs> how could they what what, what, Easy. What, are, what are the alternatives?
0: Let him die, and the crew goes on.
2: Do you think they would have called it Star Trek Picard then? You can either
0: rename the ship after him as a, you know, a token of of remembrance, change the name of the ship they're on, or, you know, repackage it, you know, the the Picard Journeys or the Picard—whatever. Like, the whole—it was just such a cowardly thing to do. Like, this was a beautiful— Wrap up to his career, to his life, to his ethos, to the things that matter to him, to his influence on people. You know, you, you see the ripples that he's had on all, on all of these folks, but also, and this goes back to Sabriel's point, you see that he's not needed anymore. He has raised the children, and the children have grown. It's okay right. for him to go. And then they're like, oh no. Technology in the last minute. Oh, thank
1: goodness. They went the Rise of Skywalker route, right? I mean, we kill off our big character and then for emotional pull. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then bring him back. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they were going to kill off Picard, I think, that, but we kept most of the, the very storylines that we kind of got seeds for for the future, I think the show would have needed double in length. Like, we got the seeds for Hugh saying, we need someone to fight for the XBs, uh, and they kept showing Picard doing that. I mean, I guess it could be seven too, but it's totally seven. To, and uh, Ellor, they keep wanting to show Picard doing it, and so if they really want to yeah. go that route, we need more episodes. Well, that would be the next um, season. Well, yeah. I mean, or I mean, if we're gonna or kill off Picard in season two and don't do it here, no, do it here and the season. Boom, he's dead.
0: And now <laughs> next season is because I mean, this is the whole theme is that he was this central figure and then life went on around him while he was off in his vineyard. And so he dies and guess what? There are still XBs. Seven is still, you know, out there fighting the good fight. Elnor is going, you know, he's, he's off his planet. He's out there looking for his next lost cause. Chris is Chris Rios is is doing whatever he is, and and Raffy's maybe trying to you know get back with her son. Who knows? There's all of these other things that don't need him, and so I just thought it was a, a a chicken thing to do.
2: You know, I never thought of it that way until now because I considered his resurrection or continuance inevitable, and yet now that you put that option out there. I'm thinking about the way he died in the final episode and how perfect it was. And now I'm thinking, how is he going to die next time? And could it possibly be that good and that meaningful? Exactly. Exactly. Damn it, Susan.
1: (laughs) If it happens again, it's going to be just, I think it's going to be off air or off camera. Well,
2: that's what I mean, but I still have to imagine it. You know, and I, I can't imagine a more perfect death, other than something like Bicentennial Man, where, or even Data in this final episode, where Picard is at a quiet, peaceful end of his life, and he reflects back and says, "I've enjoyed every minute of it, and now it's time to say goodbye." And right? he chooses to leave. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just it, it was it was really disappointing. You know, it was. I get it you know but it it from a storytelling perspective this and and also practically speaking to just get into the reality of certain situations patrick stewart is not a young man no so he's going to actually not be able to do this role at some point this was a really lovely way to say goodbye to the character to to experience our own appreciation of everything that character and that actor have given to the Star Trek universe have given to the stories. Like, I mean, like I said, he's the, he's the parent who's raised the children. And, and now he gets to enjoy seeing them live their lives. And it was, it was just the perfect goodbye. It was, it was beautiful. It was meaningful. Oh, but now he's in an Android body. It's all fine.
2: Do you th- do you think season 2 might change your opinion of that?
0: I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. You know, <laughs> like but but like you said, how is his next death? I I guess they could just have him just quit. Be like, you know, honestly, take me back to the to the winery. I'm good. I've solved all your problems. I'm gonna go <laughs> hang out with my with my Romulan butler and housekeeper. It's all good. Peace out. I, I, I you know, it just anything else feels kind of weak.
2: Do you have any favorite episodes from this first season? Golly, for
0: favorite episodes, I don't know. I don't have any least favorite ones, so that's mm. something good. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I do. I do. Um, you know, the one where, where, uh, he gets to visit, um, Frakes and Sirtis. That was
2: your favorite.
0: I loved. Okay. I just, I loved seeing them interact because it was so genuine. It was so, these are people who have known each other for a very long time. And have nothing but love and respect for each other, but are also going to tell each other the truth, because they love and respect each other. It was really, really great. I loved that. I don't know that the
1: episode is that good per se, <laughs> but who cares? Favorite, favorite is <laughs> as different. Doesn't as have to be the best. That's true. There you go. Uh, yeah, well, that was be my favorite too.
2: One of the concerns I had when I first started watching the show was, especially in the first few episodes, I felt like I was watching Patrick Stewart instead of Jean-Luc Picard. Mm. But in the Nepenthe, I still felt that way. But in that case, it came across as a strength because these are people who have known each other for very long. And that is true in real life. And I felt yeah. like they brought that camaraderie into the role.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Exactly.
2: Sabriel, was that also your favorite?
1: Oh, yeah, that was my favorite by far. Mm. Uh,
2: I thought you might have said something to do with Seven of Nine.
1: Oh well, that was a favorite thing, but <laughs> <laughs> uh aspect of the show, but uh favorite episode of that one.
2: I do wish the last seven episodes of the season had more of his Romulan Butlers.
1: They're agree. Those characters. I love those two. They're so great. They're so great. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I feel like they... I was hoping they would end up on the ship, either in this season or the next, but I feel like Elnor takes that role now, and we're probably not going to see them again.
0: They did dirty by Elnor. I'm sorry. That they was, did what? They did him dirty. Here's the thing. Okay, so we have an entire episode dedicated to... To his relationship with Picard and how how badly he's needed, and there's this big thing about whether or not he's gonna take Picard's case, and then and then after that, it's like, oh, you know what? Stay on the board, cube. It's fine. We're good. I got you. Thanks. Bye.
1: Uh, like I mentioned earlier, where I was going through the characters I love, like I didn't mention Elnar for a reason because we barely got him. Like I feel like this, they either knew they're getting a season two so they can expand these roles. At the time, or they had a good feeling, or uh, uh, the season needed to be longer to explore some more characters.
2: Yeah, I feel like they made a big deal out of how essential it was to have a Romulan bodyguard on the ship, and then he did very little. Like the very yeah. next episode was when they went to Free Cloud, and he just said, Oh, am I pretending now? and stuff like that. And then <laughs> he went on the board cube, and he certainly was important to keep Picard and Hugh safe in that one moment but mostly he was so young and so unworldly that a lot of situations just paralyzed him and he wasn't able to act
1: he was on the comic relief or the deus ex get out of whatever mm-hmm.
0: he here's the, like it's it's what's really odd to me and I, and I wonder if this was some on the fly kind of adjustment or whatever um I feel like a lot of what he was going to be involved with ended up being done by Seven. I mean, obviously Seven was going to be involved at some point, but, oh, and and speaking of th- things that just WTF, <laughs> so she's the Borg Queen, but it doesn't matter because they all get jettisoned into space and that achieved nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What was that? whole Borg situation in the last three episodes it was nothing. Like They build this up for the whole season. We're all like, alright, something's going to happen. And she gets there and then nothing. The, the, well, the Borg cube was non-player.
2: That was one of my disappointments in this whole season was that the Borg were so important that they were introduced in the first episode of the season and it was even in the opening credit sequence. And yet it was really tangential. It had nothing to do with Data or the new synths. They weren't part of this uh, conspiracy to wipe out all of humanity, nor were they the salvation for that plot. It was completely unnecessary. And to your point, Susan, she was the queen. She did nothing. She brought the Borg cube to the synth homeworld and immediately crashed it. She got the offensive weapons back online from the from the land and didn't use them. Yeah,
0: I don't, I, I genuinely don't understand why like if she if if she had just been in that one episode where she like she she just swoops in on the ship and saves their butts and then she goes free cloud and then and then she's gone again off to do her ranger stuff that would have been fine that would have worked totally mm-hmm. which is why I feel like bringing her back later like Elnor calls for help and suddenly she's there I feel like that kind of all got. It was a, like, oh, wow, she did so great. We need to write her back into the script. And she ended up taking a lot of what he would have been doing.
2: So you're saying that Elnor is basically Kess, yes. 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 Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. 100%. One episode, she's eating dirt. Another episode, she's uh, dating Tom Paris. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I I felt like with Seven of Nine, that first episode, when she beamed back to Free Cloud, that was the end of her character arc. Exactly.
0: Really wonderful sort of, uh, you know, cameo. Wow, that's cool. Uh, The end. Yeah.
2: Now, to be clear, I love her as a character, and I was happy to see her come back. It just didn't make sense. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Unless, like, they're setting up for season two again. Like, like, it feels like the more the more separate we are from now, watching all the episodes. It feels like they told like a third of a story, but made it sound like this is going to be the entire story. I don't know. I, just, I don't know how to word that very well. But it feels like just like no, this is just the beginning. In ways that I don't feel good about right now. No, I totally get
0: it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was. So- you know, they they told the central story, which is Picard wants to save this girl. Okay. But then there's all this stuff that's happening around that that is fleshed out just enough to make you go, okay, what's going on with that? Oh, nothing. Don't look over there. No. Yeah. Go look over at, at Soji.
2: <laughs> uh, the art of distraction. A little sleight of hand there. mm so on that subject, did either of you have a favorite character, Sabriel?
1: I have a hard time picking favorites. I loved Rafi and Rios a lot. Uh I would say, new characters I love Rafi and Rios the most. One or the other, I don't know. Uh I love Seven's bits, even if I love Seven's parts. <laughs> uh, fixing my <laughs> um, Ooh,
2: a little some of the tongue there.
1: Uh I love her part, and I love exploring more of her story. But I loved... The new characters I love, Rafi and Rios, the most. Uh, I mentioned early on, like, we got a show of broken people. Or, excuse me, a ship of broken people. And then it got mentioned later, even almost word for word. Uh, I love that these characters have flaws. Innately. I mean, the original series crew, the TNG crew, all the other crews, they all had their little things, but... Or not. But here we have conflict between the crew. Internally and whatnot, uh, internally amongst themselves, like, like in their own heads. Like, I love that, and I love these characters, and I love exploring that.
2: What about you, Susan? Oh,
0: same. I, I, But I, if I have to pick one or the other, other, I'm going with Rafi. Because she was betrayed by the thing she loved and trusted the most. The thing she had dedicated her life to. And she's Cassandra, right? She's right. She's right. And she's been told that she's crazy, that she's imagining it, that her being, her refusal to say, okay, I guess you're right, ruined her life. Her refusal to lie, to accept a falsehood, ruined her life and it has hurt her in a very deep and and personal way and she's she's bitter and she's angry but she's also desperate for validation and when she is given that opportunity it's really it, it's a very very true emotional journey that she goes on
1: I just thought about the heartbreak, that potential heartbreak of that whole thing. She was proven right, but the Federation never has to admit it. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Which hurts. There's nothing to... What is there to gain from going, oh, you're right? Uh, Unless there's something that comes up we just aren't aware of yet. The Federation doesn't have to admit it. Uh,
2: Well, I mean, we know that they lifted the ban. Yeah. I would think that they would... uh... I would think that part of lifting the ban would be acknowledging that the attack on Mars was part of a Romulan conspiracy.
1: I mean, you would think that, but how much are they going to divulge, basically? But even, here's the thing, even
0: if there's been so much time between then and now, the people who are are empowering, influential now can go, oh, yeah, no, totally. It was, it was the Romulans. Yeah, no, since didn't do it. Yeah, no, you were right. But there's no emotional payoff there. Because those aren't the people that hurt her. That's not the institution that hurt her. It's the one that she was part of, which no longer exists. She'll never be able to get the closure that she wants. Because it's
1: like, unless we get the start documenting.
0: Well well, unless she literally goes back in time.
2: Well, yeah, it's like stepping in a river. The water keeps flowing and exactly. it's no longer the same river.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she's a different person now, too. You know, I mean, she's, she is not the same person. So she's gotten the best she will ever get. And that's going to have to be good
1: enough. Yeah.
2: We have a question about Rafi from former Transporter Lock guest Dory who pointed out that when Rafi was first introduced in Picard, she was so bitter and angry about Picard and wanted nothing to do with him and even threatened him to get off her land. And then in the penultimate episode, she's saying, thank you for everything you've done for me. Now, Picard ignored her for 14 years while she suffered and lost her security clearance and all of that. So what do you think she was thanking him for?
0: When, Okay. when you are about to lose someone who has been such an important part of your life, you really start to assign different weights to your agreements and different differences with them. When she's, when she's in, when she's at her house, this, this little trailer out in the middle of nowhere, what matters more is her anger because he'll always be there to be angry at. So it's a luxury when he's about to not be there anymore. The anger is less important and it's thanking her, thanking him for trusting her, believing in her counting on her, making her feel valued that this person, this great man, valued her. That's a big deal. Yeah, he blew it in a number of respects. He could have done better by her. One hundred percent. I mean, this is let's. Uh, she looks up to him. This is not uh, uh, unlike. I keep going to the parent-child thing. But this is very much like forgiving your dad for not being a great dad in his final moments.
2: Oh, that's very true. And I think perhaps she never had the opportunity to thank him for the wonderful career they had together in Starfleet before it all came crashing down.
0: Right. And why would she have at the time? Why? Right. So few. I mean, this is just a life thing. We don't acknowledge the people who are meaningful to us when they're meaningful to us we We always w- wait until the last minute, like, "Oh God, I'm about to lose you. Let me tell you how much how important you are to me
2: Well, that's just dumb that we wait it, no, it really is, is. it if really brain
1: speak dumb. Uh, yeah they're not logical you can you can't you can have all the facts right in front of you doesn't mean you're gonna logic like uh when you're depressed you can know all the truths about why you shouldn't be doesn't mean you can logic yourself out of it uh brains are dumb
2: mm-hmm. so nobody cited as their favorite character dr agnes Dorati? hater what <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a strong word susan
0: It is. I don't. What I mean, really, what is she other than a plot advancement tool?
2: Well, in season two, she's the ship's doctor because most Uh. of the cast is now robotic.
0: Oh yeah, that's a fair point. That's interesting. (laughs) I just. uh,
2: (sighs) (laughs) Oh, poor Agnes.
1: (laughs) No, it's true. Then you answer your favorite character.
2: It's true. I liked Captain Rios for so many reasons. One, like Raffi and Picard, he's former Starfleet who has some significant trauma around his departure. And we get to learn what it is. We see all the different aspects of him, the facets of Rios, broken out into holograms. That's and so the fact fun. That it, so it's fun. fantastic. I mean, not only is it hilarious, but it's also fascinating that he supposedly accidentally chose the self imaging option but then never changed it like what that says so much about him as a person and the books that he reads and the you know indulgences that he indulges in including the people around him as just i think he is like everybody else so broken but thanks to those holograms he's broken in an almost literal fashion that we don't get to see anywhere else so I like Rios. I
0: I love him for all of those reasons, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> I really wish I wish they had been more adult about him shagging Agnes, which became out of nowhere for me.
1: And you know what? Continue the relationship.
0: That that this is the thing. Like, if it's just like, hey, I'm stressed out. You're stressed out. We're both kind of hot. You wanna okay? That is a very that's a very human thing. That's a very healthy mm-hmm. attitude towards sex. That's fine. That's totally fine. But he, like the idea that he's making gooey eyes at her afterwards, stop it. No, absolutely not. That is not. No, I mean her I mean, wanting to, what her being all gaga over him makes way more sense because he's you know very exciting and dynamic and. Unlike anybody else she's ever been around, that I get, but going in the other stop it.
1: Ugh I mean she's kinda cute. That wasn't oh, she's a, super up cute. for debate, yeah, we agree. <laughs> okay. But the continued uh. the continued relationship felt weird. If they were just getting it on because stress is a stressful situation, sure. Just like Susan said. But uh continued relationship felt weird and gross and now she's going to jail. So now next season, uh Rios is gonna have that uh on him? Like like is he gonna be sad about that, or is he just gonna go back to being Rios?
2: That's the thing I liked the least about Agnes was that she murdered Bruce Maddox. And I don't think that you can I mean, okay, maybe she was under the influence of the admonition, but I mean that was her mentor, her lover, and I I just don't see how Even the admonition could have driven her to do that, and how she seems less, in some ways, in some scenes, seems less torn up about it than other people around her are.
0: I'm still not even sure entirely why she did it.
2: Because she was afraid that he would continue to advance synthetic life to the point of wiping out all humanity?
0: Sure, I get that. if this is a person you've been that close with, would you not maybe have a chat first?
2: Right. Like, hey, Bruce, here's what I've learned in the 14 years since we last saw each other. FYI, you know right. better, you do better.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, we, the, the admonition was used as brainwashing. Brainwashing is a very serious topic that a lot of TV shows and si- fantasy uh, just kind of gloss over. It's true. And and uh, it was used to... If, if it wasn't that that caused it, I mean, but she just had a temporary moment of insanity, which which is such a trope. It's overused and uh,
2: she had an attack of the vapors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she had to retire
0: to her fainting couch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I wish we could have seen a more of a. What, I wish we could have seen her naturally progress to getting to that point, instead of just. Oh the super space thing to made me do it. Uh like here's here's the thing.
0: I one hundred percent believe that she believed this is this is an inevitability. If we allow this to continue, it's the end of everything. What I don't believe is that the the immediate progression for that person is to yeah I'm going to kill you right just, just, mm, that's that's what I do right now like had there been the conversation with with Bruce where she tries to get him to see her side and then feels like she has no other choice but to kill him that works but just yeah hey oh how you doing oh good to see you by the way. <sighs>
2: Well, it's kind of like Miles Dyson in Terminator 2, where he is working his whole life to create artificial intelligence, and then when he discovers that it's going to destroy the world, he turns around and he destroys all his research. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't kill anybody. Right, right. Like, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's a reasoned approach driven by logic and new information he didn't have before. I believe Bruce Maddox could have come to a similar conclusion. Yeah, I agree. Oh, well. That's one of the things I disliked about this show was it it brought back Hugh and killed him. It brought back Bruce Maddox and killed him. And these you know these were relatively minor characters. Hugh showed up in two episodes, Bruce Maddox in one, but they were some of the best episodes of TNG. And I you know I I guess without Picard they had no conclusion and I could have made up whatever sort of headcanon I wanted, but now they're dead and that's sad.
0: But Hugh went out like a like a king, you know it was it was his entire arc had meaning and i and I appreciated that because it had a meaning specific to that character, and it made sense if you know where he came from and, and like that's that's what that character would do he would he would try his best to rehabilitate Borg and, and give them a chance at living some kind of life. And, you know, him, him, the way he went out, I thought was also very true to his character.
2: You know, I like that Hugh, he had more episodes in Picard than he ever did in TNG. True. And so I do like everything you just said about the evolution of his character. It's the very specific moment in which he died that Mm -hmm. I don't like, which he was poking his head around a corner and he got a knife in the throat. Yeah, fair. If it had happened just a scene earlier where all the XBs were being slaughtered in front of him and he refused to speak to save Picard, if that had been the moment he had gone out, Mm. I almost would have preferred that.
0: Mm. That's fair. That's valid. That's very valid.
2: Because then he would have died standing up for something as opposed to just poking around the corner. Whoops. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, well.
1: Adding you know, to that, real yes. quick, it feels like it would have been more meaningful if Elnor had been the one to kill Nerissa and not Seven. Because Seven and her didn't really have much for interactions. This is why I keep saying yeah. Yeah. Seven You're got right. brought
0: in afterwards. Because absolutely it should have been Elnor. 100%. They're the two best warriors. They're both Romulan. They're two sides of, of the same race, really. They both think they're very honorable and doing the right thing. I guarantee it was supposed to be Elmore.
2: Susan, you're very good at telling us how things should have been on paper, like with Discovery Season 1. Like, oh yeah, they did the first episode and it didn't make any sense, they went back and shot these two additional episodes. And I'm like, I hate that you're probably right about all of these things.
0: Sorry, man. (laughs) Comes down to 15 years of content creation, I know how things happen.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can't help but wonder now. Like, For some reason, I just kind of thought that all 10 episodes of Picard had been shot all at once, because even before the show debuted, they were showing that Seven of Nine was going to be back. Oh, for sure, yeah. But you're right. The scenes where they showed her being back were really just in that one episode on Free Cloud. And now she's come back for all these other things, and she might even be a mainstay character in season two.
0: Oh, I assume she will be. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm get- what I'm guessing is they did, uh, either episode by episode, or they, they did a bunch of scripts and then got some kind of feedback on it. And, uh, things got changed. I, I, that's my guess because who knows how long they were done before they actually started doling them out.
2: Now, speaking of returning characters, DS9 started off with Miles O'Brien, a minor character from TNG, and then later brought back on Worf. But other than like the first episodes, Voyager, Enterprise, TNG, they didn't have familiar characters throughout the entire series. Now, certainly Picard, of course, was going to have Picard, but then they also brought back Riker, Troy, Hugh, Bruce Maddox, Seven of Nine... Was this too much reliance on familiar characters? And I realize that that's sort of a loaded question.
1: I don't think so, because these characters are all part of Picard's life. Except for Seven. Mm -hmm. But But they had a familiar story, a similar story.
2: Because going into this show, I feel like I heard them say in an interview that you don't necessarily stay in daily touch with the friends you had 14 years ago and so you shouldn't expect to see all these familiar faces and yet here they are
1: well we also look at all the faces we didn't see
2: uh oh sure yeah we didn't see worf or jordy uh oh data is another character i meant to bring I mention that they brought back so there, there there you're right there were a lot of people missing we know that we're going to see Guinan in the second season
1: oh but... no well no 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 oh, we you know, didn't know she's that been in, we know she's been invited
2: yeah Patrick Stewart went on the view and turned to Whoopi Goldberg and said, "I am here to officially invite you on to season two of Picard,
0: okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything no
2: I mean it he... means that they have they have a script in mind.
0: No, it means that he enjoyed working with her
2: yes, but and... this this invitation also came from the showrunner,
0: okay." Well, I think that's a bad idea, but <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, might unless be... unless yes, like okay, <laughs> like Hugh came like they they brought Hugh back, but in a way that made sense and was meaningful to show the passage of time and how things have changed, and, and same with uh, Riker and Troy, they're they're people you know. But they've moved on, you know. They're lot. They lost a son, for God's sake. Like they have an entire life that has nothing to do with being in Starfleet. Uh, so if if they can introduce Guinan in a way that also does that, cool.
1: I mean, this is also not new to Trek either. We've had McCoy and Scotty on TNG. Mm-hmm. We had Uh, uh Riker on. TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise—it's uh, kind of like continuing the trend, really.
2: Sure. Yeah, we, we we've certainly had those cameos, and that's why I said beyond the first episode of yeah. TNG and DS9, there wasn't a lot. Gaining might come on for one episode, and unlike seven of nine, we'll never see from her see her again. Uh, you know, Deanna Troy was on just the one episode, Nepenthe. She didn't come back.
1: Well, she was on Voyager so- a bunch too. I was watching. I've been watching that again. Uh,
2: right, with Barkley, that's true. Yeah. But as far as Picard goes, she was in only one episode. Yeah. So if Guinan comes back, that may also be just one episode. And if they can make it work, as opposed to shoehorning it in, it might not be a terrible thing. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is a very small galaxy when these people keep bumping into each other.
0: But to be fair, like oh, this is the Pro <sighs> Seven should not have been that character. That character, the character who com- it shouldn't have been Seven. I understand why it was seven. Seven of nine is an incredibly popular character. Jerry Ryan still looks amazing. I agree. (laughs) Good God. I want that woman's personal trainer. Uh, Right. Like, so that's, that's, that is a strategic choice, right? Like that character is not the character who should be in there. It's a strategic choice. I get that they want people watching the show. They want people who were like, you know, had the pictures of seven on their wall to be like, "Oh, look at seven! Ah, yay! I still got a <laughs> chance there." No, you don't. <laughs> but uh, when you when you think about like, I, I if I'm in a crisis, I'm gonna I'm going to call the people I know and trust and feel safe with, and that's what Picard's doing. You know he's leaning on the folks that he has the most history with, and feels that he can rely on. Like you know, asking someone for help is a big deal. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with with him reaching out to people from Next Generation because that's I mean that's what he would do. Mm-hmm. Although it would be nice if he had met someone in the intervening time, like his <laughs> Romulan butler and housekeeper.
2: And Raffi, she's an entirely new character that she has, he has a long history with.
0: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: But that then lays the groundwork for other characters to come back. I mean, Guinan was somebody he had a very close relationship with.
1: That's true. And you know, she's always going to be his elder, the character is. Uh, mm-hmm. Guinan's That's hundreds true. of years ago and she's lived multiple lives and Picard is now li- living a second life.
2: There- I want to see Android Picard, Gynon, and Mark Twain just tooling around the
1: universe. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Fighting Moriarty. Uh,
2: <laughs> so here's another question: since there are so many familiar characters and so much history behind this show, in it, we have to get out of our own heads to answer this next question: Is this a show that non trekkies could enjoy?
1: I don't think it was not made. I don't think it was made for them. Uh, but I am so far into the <laughs> escape that it's hard for me to imagine. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, this season,
0: no. Because it you need to know too much about the Borg, about Romulans, about... Y- you need to know too much going into it. If they're just romping around the universe in a ship w- with this mismatched crew next season, and it's more episodic, yeah, Totally.
2: See, I was of a similar opinion that this is a show for Trekkies exclusively. And yet, I was, as I mentioned on a previous episode of Transport Lock, talking to my barber. And he was loving Picard. And I said, oh, I didn't know that you watched Next Generation. He's like, I don't. I have no idea what's going on. But it's great. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. And then we had several tweets from a friend of mine on Twitter. He goes by YesterBits. Let me briefly read some of it to you. He says... I think that Picard tells us what we need to know, or gives us what we need to surmise. It so that the story is still enjoyable even without the background. I really like the show, and I don't feel lost. I know that said, I knew roughly how the Borg worked, and had seen maybe two episodes of TNG, so I kind of knew the outlines of Picard, Riker, Data, and Troy. I was vaguely aware of Seven of Nine, but I didn't actually know any of the Locutus stuff. But we can deduce the outlines even without the details. So at least for me. I think they're totally nailing it with Picard it's fun interesting and intellectually complex even for mostly new people hmm. so this is a person who is you know well versed in science fiction and had a brief awareness of some of TNG but I he says that he picked up all the other details be, between actually he says this watching Picard and then listening to Transporter Lock he was able to piece everything together
0: hmm. interesting
1: get an outside aid, really. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And even when I was getting my haircut, I was talking to my barber, and he asked me, so who's this 789 character? Oh, that's funny. And I was like, oh, she's former Borg. And he said, what's Borg? Sounds Swedish. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, let me back up a little bit. Uh, But nonetheless, he was enjoying it. Okay. So so I, I... that that never would have occurred to me. I really thought, and this time we talked to Amanda about too, was this is a show for Trekkies. If you want a show that is an entry level Star Trek, that's Discovery. But apparently, they are doing a better job with Picard than any of us would have guessed. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Go figure.
2: So that brings us to one of my last questions, which is where do we think this show is going in the second season? Because Picard had gotten this ship together specifically for one mission. And he's clearly not going to just go back to his vineyard and wait to die now. He, why is he staying out in space and what's he going
1: to do next? I suspect we're going to explore XBs more. And they're right. Also, he gets to redo the journey he had with Data, with Soji, and now he gets to live the Android experience as well. I hate Soji. <laughs> no. Why? She's not interesting
0: at all. They made her... She is the least interesting synth in the entire season. She's just... She's. She's not... Like, why do I care? Why? What ab- what about... her emotions, journey... And maybe it's just the actress not doing it very well. But, like, why... Why should I care about her at
2: all? What could have made you care for her?
0: When you see Hugh on the Cube he cares and obviously he cares for very personal reasons but he really cares about the fates of these xbs he wants this to work because it these are people and they shouldn't just be thrown away never got that feeling from soji at all she's like wow Oh, these guys are cool. I'm going to study them. Gosh, I seem to know an awful lot of information. Isn't that funny? Oh, well, hey, Romulan guy, you're cute. There's nothing there.
2: She did show some concern for the XBs, calling them by name, speaking to them in their language. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. You always have.
0: she's, she's, She's... she's a plot, a walking talking plot device she's there for uh the guy from uh penny dreadful to seduce uh be, so he can get information about her home world before his sister uh tries to kill her it's just that whole it it wasn't done well it just wasn't interesting it's like okay i get it you figured out she's a synth you want to try and get the information about you know she knows where her home world is even if she doesn't realize she knows it and you got to get that out of her that's cool got it handled in the most boring predictable way like look consider the scenes between romulan boyfriend and his sister how interesting are those scenes how much do you want to know about their relationship?
1: Yeah, like, are they going to make out or not? So there's that, first of all. I'm like, uh, are, <laughs> they, are they actually brother-sister?
0: Or is this like an air-quote sister kind of situation? <laughs> right? But their scenes are energetic and dynamic. And there's, there's a relationship there. Tell me there's a relationship
2: between him and Soji. No, there isn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, much like... Uh klingon dude in discovery and michael burnham uh
2: oh yeah for, and yeah. Narik-
1: yeah and narakin soji i just didn't care the instant he comes on the on the show at the end of the first episode i rolled my eyes when when he started talking to like oh great we're getting another one of these yep and every time they had a scene together we good share of the scenes together it was my oh this is my phone time again like this is not interesting to me. very like rarely the, was it interesting? Here's the thing, okay
0: the when she realizes because like Narek is trying to lead her down this path of of like waking up her sin side without triggering it because her her twin got triggered and killed everybody, okay, she talks to her mom every night before she goes to bed. This is her reality. She talks to her mom every night before she goes to bed. He makes her realize she talks to her mom but falls asleep immediately. That should be creepy and horrifying and disturbing and upsetting. And her reality is breaking apart. N- nothing. Nothing.
1: I don't get that at is all. Instead, it's like, oh, you Romulans. <laughs>
0: Oh, wow, that's weird. I guess you're right. Huh. This is... Everything in my room is only four years old. I guess I'm not real. Ah! Let me throw a temper tantrum.
2: Well, now, wait. You are a little overlooking the very important scene where they engage in a ancient Borg oh. ritual.
0: <laughs> okay, no, the good. Borg ritual, that was great. What?
2: No, no, it wasn't.
0: No, the what? Was... The so- oh, it was cute. No. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I mean, it made no sense in context, but I thought it was a cute moment. <laughs> mm.
2: Agree to disagree.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. The entire. Okay. The, the showrunners need to understand. That men and women can both have agency and be interesting without shagging.
2: Yes. Thank you. I totally agree. And we saw a lot of relationships, both in this season and in the next one. We saw Narek and Soji. We saw uh, Agnes Jurati and Rios, which apparently is going to come back. And now we're also going to be seeing Rafi and Seven. Oh, my God.
0: Stop. I, mm. uh, Susan,
2: do you have something to share?
0: Okay. How many scenes do they have together?
2: Well, as Sabriel pointed out, there seems to have been a lot of time between when Picard woke up in his synth body and that final scene. Time enough for the Federation to lift oh, the synth ban. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't
1: instantaneous. Oh, uh but if oh. it was,
2: you'd be right. Like I was to- I was totally in your camp, Susan, until Sabriel brought me around.
0: Okay. All right, that's fair then. Well, they did a poor job of communicating that. Uh-huh.
1: Uh I I mean, it's one of my favorite shows, but uh, like uh Legend of Korra. Uh a lot of the fandom gets upset because two of the female characters end up with each other in the last second uh, saying they didn't hint at it at all. And I saw it everywhere. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of straight people didn't uh, see this and of this relationship building. And I can't say that here about Picard. If it, if it had been instantaneous, like right after like, there was no illusion, no hint. Those two didn't even have s- scenes together, really, uh, save for like, one. So no, it would have been out of nowhere. But yeah.
2: Well, it's kind of like Seven of Nine and her friend on Free Cloud. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't pick up on these things.
0: Yeah. Here's, here's what I... My fear is that that was started to explain why Rafi and Rios aren't a thing. Because they're very close, they go back like they are very, very close. But there's no sexual chemistry there at all. That is, they don't regard each other in that way. Oh, therefore, she must be into girls.
1: That's my
2: fear about that decision.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think of it that way.
2: I mean, I don't think they communicated that Rafi is exclusively into girls. But, no, no, of course not, no. no I
0: no, mean, as as she was, like she was meta. Like a
1: guy at least once. Yeah. I think, as soon as I mean, like, meta, like the community you might do yeah. or or the or producers might think about this fear that no one else thought of.
2: Oh. Yeah, characters don't need to have partners, and mm-hmm. they can have relationships with people of any gender without it being romantic. And yep. I think... Historically, Star Trek has done that pretty well. I mean, it was really not until DS9 that we saw a lot of authentic relationships, in my opinion.
0: It's also it's a function of of the times in which they were made. Mm-hmm. There was a there's an episode of of Next Generation uh, where Riker encounters an asexual being. Uh, they're you know neither male nor female. They I, I don't remember how they reproduce, but it's just like gender just isn't a thing with them. And then he, because he's just so irresistible, she decides she wants to be female so she can be with him. And that was a, a very, very controversial episode at the time because those were concepts that were discussed openly in the nineties. So. I, I just feel like there's an old white dude like looking at the pages and going, "Nah, nah, uh-uh. Nah, you got to got to put the two hot girls together."
2: Ah. <laughs> I don't know. I do you think that an old white dude would put two women together? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> 100% well, I mean, I have old white people in my life who would see two women together and say, "That's disgusting."
0: Of course, absolutely, of course. But I will tell you what, it ain't Elnor and Rios, is it?
2: Okay, fair. And then I'd be perfectly happy to see those boys kiss. Thank you. There, cute. I mean, we do have Culber and Stamets on Discovery.
1: Oh, that's true. That's Discovery. true. That's not Picard. <laughs>
0: But of course, right. I mean sure made sure to kill one of them, didn't they?
2: Uh-huh. And 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 bring them back in a very kind of? forced manner. Yeah, in a way that didn't really make sense, but it's fine. I we do know we're seeing them together more in season three. True, <laughs> yes. So there's that. And what whatever together means for them, they have to figure that out. Right. But something uh, to look forward to. Uh,
1: one last note about Raffi seven real quick. I'm glad that if anyone's going to get together as these two, we have the two depressed alcoholic mom figures mm. uh, working through things together.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, like you said, in the last shot of the season, we had two queer space moms at the helm.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> it's great. So one more question I have about season two is this season was very much rooted in Picard's history, Mm -hmm. his history with Data, his history with the Borg, bringing back some of the same characters. Do you think that season two will also bring up some loose threads as its central plot? Or do you think we're going to see something, quote unquote, entirely new?
0: Oh, not entirely new. No. No? No, they know what side their bread's buttered on. Come on. (laughs) Do I think it will be the entire arc is based on something from his past? Not necessarily, but Dollars to Donuts Q shows up.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Now, see, they did a short trek called Q&A, and I thought, oh, for sure he's going to show up there. But it had nothing to do with him. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But I got to wonder, I love how Q bookended TNG. First episode, last episode. Just perfect. What more could he possibly contribute to Mon Capitan's journey? Q
1: is going to come out and say, Picard, you cheated. The trial for humanity was never over, and you're no No. longer human.
2: (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I mean, Q could have come along and whisked away that neurological deformity at any time, and they didn't do that.
1: Uh, Q could have brought Voyager back to the quadrant, but he said basically it's uh, the journey that counts.
2: Yep. Yeah, I I don't see that Q has anything more to say or do here. That that would diminish what his journey was in TNG, in my opinion.
0: Bet you a dollar. Mm
2: -hmm. I'll I'll take that bet. Okay, Susan.
0: Assuming, 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 uh, John Delancey is healthy and and you know able.
2: Well, I mean, he the the character and the actor actually same thing had a son (laughs) who is Q.
1: I guess I could always bring someone else who looks like Q to be Q, but it would be cheap in it. Uh, it would, yeah. It would. Hey, it's Susan, really did you... than the Master, I suppose, changing all the time.
2: That's true. And you know Q can look like anything he wants. Oh, Susan, true. did you see all of Voyager?
1: Yes,
0: but it's been okay. a minute.
2: Because he, the, the character Q had a son, played really? by John Delancey's son. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. And now it's been like 25 oh, years. That's interesting. Actually, no, it's been 19 years. Anyway. Yeah, so I-, I could see the Q Continuum coming back, absolutely. I I, I don't know how I feel about John Delancey, though. I love him. I've loved him ever since he was on Days of Our Lives. Oh, wow. But, yeah, he played Eugene, really weird character. Mm-hmm. And uh, his his partner, his-, his-, his wife in that show, went on to play Harley Quinn in the Batman cartoon.
0: Oh, that's
1: fun.
2: Yeah. So from humble beginnings
1: <laughs> quick plug, if you've ever listened to it listen to the Q versus Spock at uh, least the first one uh, yes. audio thing, which is amazing
2: yes, John Delancey and Leonard Nimoy did this whole spoken performance two of them, each one like an hour long you can buy it on mp3 fantastic the omnipotence of Q versus the logic of a Vulcan
1: oh that's fun Highly one. recommend I- it. I love the first one much more. It was really good. Oh, so good.
2: I only listened to them when they were given to me as gifts about 18 years ago. I yeah. have them in my iTunes library. I should go back and revisit them. Oh. Well, on that note, any closing thoughts about season one of Picard or hopes, fears for season two?
1: I mean, that's a whole extra <laughs> question, but uh, I just like overall, I did enjoy my experience. Uh, There's a billion things that could have done better in Picard, and hopefully they will learn their lessons for season two. Susan, pretty
0: much, yeah. I mean, th- the foundation is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it, look, the first season of Next Generation was terrible. No argument. So, but and it, and it developed in really great ways from there.
2: So you know, we'll see. Well then, actually you bring up one more good question. How would you rank the first seasons of Star Trek? Like, where does Picard fall? Better than what? Worse than what? Because oh. no, I, I feel like TNG Season 1 and Voyager Season 1 were both really rough. That is correct. You know, I feel like Discovery, DS9, Enterprise, not bad. Not great, but not bad. I don't think any Star Trek has ever had a... Well, have, have, have they ever had a great first season?
1: At the time, I really enjoyed them. But then it's one of those things in retrospect where it's like, well, it was okay. They did way better later on in every series. Uh, I mean, to, maybe TOS is... It's weird. To be fair, Bubble. though. They...
0: The writers get better at understanding their characters and how they relate to each other. The actors the same thing. So it is natural for any show to dramatically improve season over season as
2: yeah.
0: as the creative process grows and evolves based on the humans actually inhabiting the roles instead of it just being words on a page.
1: Maybe- sure.
2: And that's the nature of T V writing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe Picard gave us some of the most like character of any of the ones. Uh, as in, like we learned the most about the characters of this show in one season than we did in a lot of other shows. Doesn't necessarily make it better, but I think in some ways they did they it did better. It has an emotional on. point of view. Yeah. It made me feel more emotions other than, ooh, shiny space thing. Ooh, shiny space thing.
2: Yeah, I feel like Picard season one was better than Discovery season one.
1: Hmm. At least. Yeah, can and, you remember uh, what I, happened in Discovery season one? <laughs> like, there I mean, were they, there were Klingons.
2: They fought the Klingons. They went to the mirror universe, and then they came back and fought more Klingons. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and De- there was like an eight week gap where the show went off the air.
0: <laughs> Jason Isaacs was there, and he was great. Oh yeah.
2: Well, there's that. Yes, but I still prefer, as I think we all do, uh, Captain Pike.
0: Oh God, yes, yes, yes best yes. captain ever. The end. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and there are so many spinoffs that we need to get we've talked about maybe getting a pike spinoff now there are rumors of a seven of nine spinoff i hope we don't oversaturate the market because i want to see all the treks agreed so well susan it's been wonderful having you back on transporter lock
0: thank you for having me always a pleasure to talk some trek thank you
2: yay and i'm sure it won't be the last time because there's going to be a lot of Trek to talk about Remind us, you told us where to find Continue Online. Where can we find you, Susan?
0: Uh, again, Twitter. is the. Bit, I spend entirely too much time on Twitter. It's just <laughs> at SusanArt.
2: Okay, and there will be a link to that in the show notes. Sabriel, thank you again. I think you and I are going to take the show a little bit off the air until there's more Star Trek to review, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, we can always come back if we have special topics we want to talk about, but we don't have a start date yet for Discovery Season 3, as far as I know. Until we have that date, until we're back on the air. Engage. Hit it. Touch it.
1: All of it. If you've enjoyed this episode, please
0: leave a review on iTunes, and keep your hailing frequencies open by following us on Twitter at TransporterLock, or subscribing to our podcast and email newsletter at transporterlock.com.